I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, up there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My good friend, fellow Blue Wireian, Ty Windish of the Eurostep. Ty, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good afternoon, Chase. I'm doing well. Thank you for for having me. I always appreciate it. Thanks for being here, man. How are you feeling about the Bucks? Everything good? Like you're just you're floating. The Bucks are just floating in the East. Like my Hawks is just it. They blew up the Suns <laughs> last night, which was nice, but it's just been like, oh, they're gonna be a playing team. This is this is rough. They're just gonna win two, lose two. It's they're eh, this season's just kind of it's weighing on me. The Bucks are like, we're going to hang around the top four. We're going to be right in there. We're not going to catch the Celtics. Like, they're going to have the best record in the East, it looks like. But that doesn't really matter to us. Like, you have the Nets right below. Like, the Sixers, like, they're like, yeah, give us the Sixers in a seven-game series. We don't need home court for that. I don't know. Like, are you... It feels like the Bucks are just there and good and elite, and we know all of this, but it doesn't feel like there's anything new. Is that how you're feeling with this Bucks season? Um, I, I would say it, it's kind of been a season of different, um, like not eras because it's within a season, but like of different mm. stages. The first half of the year was so much. It was honestly kind of a slog and they never mm. dropped too far, thankfully. But there was certainly, you know, that, that time when they went under 500 for a pretty significant portion of games after starting 9-0. and And that's mm. not fun. And, and I think as much as the Bucks aren't overly concerned about seeding, as you mentioned. They're not mm. sweating like, oh, we're two, Boston's one, that's a disaster. Mm. They're like, no, I mean, if we have to beat Boston, we'd have to win in Boston probably either way. So, yeah. you know, we're not going to go crazy to get that. But they don't, they, they don't not want to win, right? It's still mm. a competitive team. They're not, they're not like the Cavs in those late LeBron years when they were like, we really, if we're four, cool. If we're five, cool. Mm. Especially now with the play-in, I don't think anyone can think like that anymore. Yeah. But uh, they want to win, but Chris was out. Drew missed a bunch of games. Chris and Drew combined, I think, had missed 51 games um, mm. or have missed 51 games. And the Bucks have played 52 or something like that. The numbers are, no, they missed 50. The Bucks have played 51. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's really been a lot of Giannis carrying some games without him, too. And, you know, Drew trying to carry just a team that didn't have enough ball handling. But mm. these last two weeks or so, Chris is back. Joe Ingles is really rounding into form. They're really fun. So I think at this point, I think it's hard to not look at the season as a Bucks fan and go, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, they weathered the storm of this first half. And now that they're mostly healthy, they can, they're not going to go full throttle, but they can win a little bit more, really get ready for the playoffs 
And then, you know, that's their real season. Now Bobby Portis being out makes it less fun. But still, I think it's getting to see some of these ball handlers, and especially Chris Middleton, healthy again. Now it's like, okay, it's the fun part of the season. Now it's the basketball we, we really wanted when we had to watch, you know, everybody else doing a lot more. And it wasn't quite as fun and, or as successful. Are we closing in on the, the end of the Chris Middleton era in Milwaukee? I doubt it. Okay. Um, you know, no extension. He has a player option. Really, I have no idea what he's going to do with that player option, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. My best guess is he, at this point, he either he takes the player option for a year mm-hmm. and either extends on that or just waits on that for a little while. Obviously, you know, fully healthy Chris Middleton, I think, is a guy the Bucks don't hesitate to give a couple more years at 40, 50 million, whatever it ends up being by the end of it. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't been that, right, pretty clearly. I mean, played seven games before now coming back again since April or May or whenever it was that he went out against the Bulls in, in last year's playoffs. So, you know, it, it's that that's the complicating factor, I think, is health. But I still think they'll figure it out. I mean, you look around the league, the true cap space teams for next season, it's like, you know, is Chris going to go sign with the Spurs because he can make a little bit more? I, I doubt it. I don't think mm. so. I don't think he wants that. I, I think they'll figure it out. It's the, it's probably the most tenuous it's been since Chris was first traded to the Bucks, mm. but I'm not all that worried, and I do think even with the injury consideration, they'll figure out a way to keep him around at least for another year or two. I look at 2024 as a potential pivot from Chris and Drew, or at least one of them, to a bit of a younger co-star around Giannis. That's when they'll have more picks to trade that offseason. So I, I think we're going to see at least one more year. If, do you think most Bucks fans feel this way? Or are they kind of tired of the injury stuff? Are they kind of turning where they're like, we love Chris, obviously he was an instru- instrumental part of winning a title, but like the availability has to matter at some point. And it's like, we can't win the title if we have to count on Chris Middleton year over year. And it's just, has, have we already seen the best, healthiest version of Chris Middleton in Milwaukee? Because that could be the difference in Giannis getting another ring and not and like with drew playing as well as he has like is it kind of one of those just looming things for a lot of bucks fans so it's like yeah we get it like 2024 might be the end there but like hey (laughs) we're still we're still trying to win a title right now and he's just not been available and you're just are do you trust him for another full playoff run i I think bucks fans are kind of split you know i think it's it's i I would say half and half it's probably less than half that are like upset or whatever word you want to use mm. with Chris or, or tired of Chris. But that the the thing about Chris Middleton and Bucks fans is there's always been a vocal minority of very anti Chris Middleton huh. Bucks fans who are like, he's not good enough. He can't be the second guy. He can't even, even after be. the title. Yeah. Oh yeah. Doesn't stop. You know, they got lucky, whatever he had. You look at all yeah. the bad games he had in the playoff run, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think maybe, maybe you could say he couldn't be the true second guy. But mm. clearly, he and Drew are both good enough to be the co like two point five yeah. guys. What I say, like clearly that works. I think that they, you know, they still haven't lost a playoff series when they've all played together. Limited sample, but it's it's pretty impressive. Mm. Um, but I, I think I don't think we've seen the last. I, I think it's going to be interesting from here, like the rest of this season, which I think is why there is no extension and no long term decision on Chris. Is mm. everybody, the Bucks included, wants to see? You know what is he going to look like in this playoff run? Uh, the, the, I'll say I'll say this. I kind of sounded like Foghorn Leghorn for a <laughs> second. This second return, even though he's not playing many minutes, I think the the tape looks good. I think mm. you really look at him and you go, "Yeah, it's Chris. That's Chris Middleton. They're going to be safe with him." 
but what he's doing in 15 and now 20 minutes, there's no reason why he can't do the same, you know, doesn't get much separation, but nails the shot anyway, draws contact, finishes through it, all the Chris stuff. He'll, he'll be able to do that in 30 minutes too. It's just about ramping him up safely. So I think it'll a little bit depend, but personally, I think he'll be okay. I think you look at his injuries, they're mostly unrelated. It's kind of fluky stuff. And I think what killed him this year was his ramp up was so thrown off by the surgery. And going back to his Texas A&M days, the reason he fell in the draft was a knee injury he suffered that he always kind of ramps up his season prep for. And that was disturbed. And then whether it's getting sick, which whatever went through the box in a lot of the NBA, like George Hill said he lost 10 pounds. So I think that went through. Um, Chris suffered with a couple other things. His father passed away at one point and he was away from the team. So I think it's kind of been like the year from hell for Chris. So I'm optimistic that it's not just like, oh, he's prone now to getting injured. I think he suffered through a couple things that maybe not random, but it's not like, you know, oh, Chris's knee again is acting up like it always does. It's kind of a new thing to bother him in season. So certainly hoping that he can put this behind him and with the right ramp up and the Bucks, who are great at this. I mean, you look at how Brooke Lopez is playing at his age after his injury status. Um, I think you've kind of got to trust them both, you know, practically that you're not going to trade Chris and get better this deadline. And just, you know, to root for a guy who's been a buck for 10 years and really done a lot for the franchise. So there's nothing, there's no trade for Chris Middleton that could make you better post deadline. Not, not at the deadline. I don't think yeah. so. I, I don't even think at the off season. The problem is, I mean, mm. this has always been the problem with Bucks fans who are like, we got to trade Chris. Okay. For who? It, mm. You're going to trade him for a younger, better player. Mm. Now, why? Why is the other team like, yeah, sure. We'd love to do. No, it doesn't make any sense. You yeah. usually, the older players get traded for like developmental guys and mm. picks and that's great for the raptors who are you know right where are they going we don't really know we, we have scotty barnes maybe we can be good next year with pascal still here but whatever like you're it's, not getting og or even yeah like og ananobi and like gary trent for chris Melton's not happening something like that i, I mean yeah i don't think it would and even if it no. did like does that is that really does that improve your odds this year over chris if he's healthy yeah. Like you kind of need that elite shot making and you kind of lose that in that deal. So, and again, yeah, I don't even, I don't think the Raptors would even want to do that. I mean, I had yeah. someone tell me the other day, like, oh, that what they should do is Chris and their one first for Pascal Siakam. And I was like, yeah, they should do that. The, the, the Raptors, Raptors will never that. do that ever. They, they should trade him for Nikola Jokic too, I think. But good luck mm -hmm. convincing the other team. So I, I just don't think there's ever really been a logical Chris trade. I think it would have to be off season and it would have to be like them bundling like Chris on a sign and trade or like expiring or something and a lot of picks to get someone younger and maybe even a three-way trade. I just don't see anything that is going to make them better right now. And as you know, I mean, contending teams don't really like to shift the whole rotation in the regular season if they have to. I think they'll, the Bucks will go get Crowder and drop him in like they did with PJ two years ago, but I don't, I don't think they want to trade Chris right now and, and try to refigure out everything that they do, you know, three months before the playoffs. Nate has no problems changing up the rotation each and every game. Um, like I just, <laughs> Neither does uh, Mark Dagonalt, so maybe it's not that yeah. big of a deal. I hear the Thunder are just like playing every some different guys all the time. Maybe because I, I mean, the Thunder I aren't real outside of SGA. Yeah. Like you could, there's like two Jalen Williams on the Thunder right now. You just go through it, and I'm like, I don't. There's no way I'm ever going to have a good grasp on who the Thunder is until they start really either. contending. Like it's just it's chaos. Like there's I don't know. So like, many young guys. Yeah. I, I'm like, which one are they trying to trade again? Which one mm -hmm. do they love? I'm not sure. There's just there's way too many. Yeah. The, when did Andre Roberson leave? When when did he? Because <laughs> like I saw he got signed by the Blue the, yesterday, which is oh, I don't yeah. understand how that happened. Or they traded for him. Like where is Andre Roberson? Where has he been? I don't know uh, where he's been.
Man, those are good times. Andre Robertson just hanging out in the corner on yep. title teams and just hoping hoping for a prayer. Um, has Giannis been any different than the last two years? Because he like people, it was interesting to see like around the league what people wanted to do for their first team mm-hmm. uh, all stars and. Yeah most were leaving Giannis out of their first team this year. And I wondered how much of those people were actually watching Giannis night in, night out. As someone who is watching Giannis night in, night out, do you think he has been... It's not, I don't want to say worse because it's like he's still an MVP level player. It's like I, I hate using the word worse with him, but like, is he doing anything differently this year or is it just Joel Embiid is playing at another level, Kevin Durant when he's healthy is playing at another level? Like, what... What is real with Giannis this year as uh, as opposed to the last two? Yeah, I mean, I think, one, people have just gotten tired of him to a certain mm-hmm. extent because it's like you say. I mean, people, you know, you hear all the talking, and I think, you know, I listen to the low post a lot, and I love mm-hmm. Zach Lowe, but every time Giannis comes up in, like, the little MVP or all-star, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, the efficiency's really down and everything else. And it's like 32, 12, and 5, and the Bucks are have been one of the best five teams in the league all season. Mm. Like it, it's kind of ridiculous just to hand wave that away. And its efficiency is lower. I think it's a couple conflating things. One is, again, as I mentioned, all the time without Chris and Drew. Mm. And it just made life really hard for him. The Bucks perimeter players that were available just really weren't up to par. And, you know, the teams were able to do the old build a wall, as my co-host Rohan Kadi prefers me to say, build a barrier, the wall mm. term, scarred him. But, you know, the paint's just full. And if, so, of course, his shooting percentages went down a little bit around the rim because he's got to go through four, three guys every mm. single time in a way that when Chris and Drew and now Joe Ingles, who's been great and opening things up on the outside, and Pat Connaughton missed a, a bunch of games to start the year too, when those guys are healthy and playing well and hitting shots, you know, defenses can't really do that. You can't afford to just totally ignore the rest of the court like earlier this season they were when it was, you know, some other players for the Bucks out there who maybe aren't aren't as terrifying to you. If You know, Javon Carter's had a nice season. He kind of had to be their starting point guard for a while. That's asking a lot of him. That's not really his, his skill set um, on a contending team. So mm. I, I think that goes into it. And also a little bit of variance. He shot mid-rangers especially well last season and mm. really ha- did not to start the year. And I think... That percentage is coming up. He's on a little bit of a three-point barrage lately, which means he's like, you know, two for four, three games in a row, and everyone gets excited. I'm not buying in that he's like a sniper yet, but, you know, the, the shot has looked good, and he's stepping into him more, which is nice. But I think his jumper is coming around, but it was really, like, just really cold stretch to start the season. And I don't know if that was, you know, just kind of random variants, which we see with shooters, especially mm-hmm. ones who aren't elite shooters, or whether that was, you know, Giannis didn't get a full summer off either because he went to play with Greece and Eurobasket and all the other work he had to do to kind of carry the team. And, you know, he had a lot of games in the high 30s and 40s, you know, really dragging the Bucks to those point totals early on. So, yeah, I think he had to work harder than usual with the Bucks. I think he got it done and, and the team's record is kind of a testament to that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I thought it was a little silly how quickly it's like. We don't even have to talk about him in our MVP segment because his true shooting is down eight points or whatever. And, you know, he's like, they're looking the for reasons. The they're nitpicking yeah. with Giannis. Like everyone's yeah. nitpicking. That That's what frustrated me because I felt like you look at, you listen to other guys' MVP cases. Mm. And it's like, why should this guy be MVP? And you get to Giannis and it's like, what are the reasons we shouldn't even talk about Giannis here? And it's like, how about you look for the reasons he should be? How about mm. scoring the most he's ever scored? How about, you know, who hasn't been there for him? You look at, Jokic's first MVP was it when like mm-hmm. it was like oh man he really dragged that team that's what Giannis is doing now and I'm not even saying he should win MVP like 
I think Jokic has a great case. I think Embiid, whoever else. There's like no chance they give a third one to Jokic. No way. Uh, the Embiid game, honestly, I, I think before then he was the guy I thought was going mm. to win it. Right now, I do think it's kind of like, is Tatum going to make a surge? Maybe he was great in his last game. I wouldn't it's cut out Luka. Luka is still just sitting there because I think if they trade Christian Woods where it seems like that's where they're going and they're going to move Dorian Finney-Smith maybe too. Like, I still think the or the Mavs are winning the West. So I think if he can still get around that third, fourth seed zone, which that's I think... It's going to be they, tough, though. I don't... Yeah. See, I'm a little worried. I think they keep putting it out there through some folks around the team. Like, mm. they would trade those guys in the right deal. And I think mm. would before DFS. But I think they're they're kind of thinking like let's just get through this year and then like I'm saying for the Bucks in 24 we can mm-hmm. make our bigger splash in the off season. So if they make a move and get better, I could see that. Right now though, I just look at their team and I'm like it's going to be hard for them to finish high enough for Luca to win as great yeah. as he has played. That's going to be what it comes down to for him. Yeah, I also think I, I thought it was kind of funny. We thought like Embiid missed his moment right where it was like not this year for Embiid to win MVP then I don't know if he'll ever have uh enough juice or healthy enough for a full run and then this year you're like I mean if it's not this year what are you actually gonna give Joel Embiid an MVP is he gonna go through his whole his whole prime without one that seems wild um I don't know he's another dark horse I think if the Sixers finish second in the east and they keep this trend going then I mean you could uh you could definitely see that too. I think uh, uh, yeah. if if any of the Bucks, Sixers, or Nets somehow get first, and I think mm. the Nets are like totally falling out, which yeah. understandably without KD they just don't. They're yeah, they're not getting the team. first seed. Yeah, but if if one of those other teams, I mean, it's it seems like the Celtics are running away, but I think it's what like two two and a half games right now. Like, yeah, they have a lead, but it's not insurmountable. I think if one of those other like if Giannis or Embiid leads their team to first in the East, and probably then NBA too, I think it would probably go to them. And I think mm. if the Celtics finish first, then it's going to be like. It might be pretty open, depending on the West, if the Nuggets stay up. I don't think it's impossible for Jokic to get three. I think Jaw's not out of the question either. Like, if Jaw's healthy and the Grizzly get first seed, I think he's probably in that conversation too. That's a good point. He's not out of the question. I would be a little surprised if he won. Yeah, I would too. But I think it's just, like you said, you have to win enough games. You have to be at one, two, seed, yeah. something like that. And the problem with Tatum is he just, him and Brown cancel each other out, I think, a lot. And yeah. it's not it's not great, even though um, I think everybody would say tatum's a better player and more important but um where where have the bucks struggled at various points this season is it just health or is there something that you've noticed throughout the year where you're like "Mm, this is different than this different than the last few years like what have you noticed where they've hit some lulls that have not come up the last couple years i think it's it's hard to say because we just i think we had the healthy bucks roster like they're they're Mm. top eight i guess that you'd expect to play for Mm. three quarters three quarters of Chris's return against the Pistons and then Bobby Portis goes out. And so we really have not seen like the starters who like uh, right now Pat is starting, but assume Chris will slide in there at some point. So Mm. Drew Grayson, Chris, Giannis, Brooke, and then the bench unit of let's say Javon Carter, Joe Ingles, Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portis, and then Mm. a little bit of Wes Matthews maybe in there, right? Like that's maybe your ninth guy, but we are their 10th guy at that point. Um, mm. We just haven't seen that group. So it's a little difficult to say like exactly what they're missing. Earlier in the season, it did seem like shot making and just juice like off the dribble. And that's mm. why I was, you know, getting excited about potential Jordan Clarkson deal, which I don't even know if Utah is going to trade him, but someone like that. But then Chris gets back, Ingles gets into a rhythm and Ingles, I just can't say enough about how good he's looked given the injury and, and how useful he's been for the Bucks mm. And, 
productive for their offense. So now it seems like, oh, maybe it's a little shooting or just another big body defensively. You can always use more of those. Wes Matthews has played very well the last couple of weeks after a bad start to the year, mm. but he's still 6'5". And as much as I think he could help you in a series, you know, it's, it's, you know, you can't just be like, Guard KD, right, for the whole series. Guard, he'll try Tatum. He does an okay job on Tatum, but you'd like more. You'd like more options. So I think Crowder, even though the offense is going to be a little bit of a question mark, as is the conditioning because we haven't seen him at all, mm-hmm. having that big body who you're like, you know, is he going to shut down Kevin Durant or Jason Tatum? No, of course not. But also nobody is. And it's yeah. really just about like, he can play respectable defense. You can get more switchable. You cannot have these gaping holes. So if Grayson is, if Grayson Allen's getting, you know, totally targeted and is not making shots like he was against the Celtics, you can just go, okay, you're not going to play anymore. And now we'll just have Crowder, Wes Matthews, Giannis, Chris, Drew, maybe a little bit of Javon, although he's a little small, right? Like you, you have more flexibility. So I do think you get the big wing. You probably have enough everywhere else. They also need a backup big. Their big rotation's really thin with Bobby out. Hmm. Um, so I don't think that's a trade meant necessarily. That might just be like a buyout guy because Serge Ibaka's decided he's not going to play anymore for the Bucks. Um, Which is even... a part of this league now. We just yeah. uh, this is where we're at. Like it just guys are like a Jay Crowder who might be a Buck. Who knows? Yeah. Based on that, like they're just I'm not going to play anymore and get hurt until you trade me. It's just like. It's... The worst part about it is for both of those guys, yeah. and Crowder's is worse, obviously, because of all the yeah. history and everything. Like the teams need them right now. Well, yeah. now I think um, you know Cam. Um, why am I thinking? Why am I blanking on the the Suns forward name who just got back? Jay up? Crowder. No, no, no. Oh, Cam uh, Johnson. Cam Johnson. I, yeah. can't, I was going to say Cam Thomas. I think I'm. Well, there is Cam Thomas. He's over there. Oh, yeah, no, they both, the they're basically both stretch fours who just only shoot three. So yeah. yeah. Um, but now that he's back, but like when he was out, the Suns really could have used Crowder and, and the yeah. Bucks right now went from Giannis being out for four or five games to now Bobby being out for a couple of weeks. That's when they needed the backup big. That was the yeah. whole point of having him, but whatever it digression. Um, but yeah, I think they'll need a backup big. It's not as important. It's just, that's a regular season, like innings eater kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I think a, a big body or some shooting or upgrading Grayson, but I just think that's harder to do and less likely to happen. Yeah. Well, it seems like Grayson's on the way out. Like, if you had to guess based on the reporting and where things are headed, do you think the Jay Crowder deal is dead, or do you think he's there's still a possibility that oh, he's he's a buck? I think it's happening. I okay. think it's happening for sure. I, I think the Suns' situation right now is so weird, right? They have the owner coming in apparently mm-hmm. like the day before the deadline, <laughs> so they might be waiting on on that. Like, I'm kind of wondering is he going to go full new owner syndrome and like announce trades at his intro presser, which would be like Mm -hmm. the classic, like I own this team now, let me make a bang. Like I'll announce this four team trade where we get OG or whatever the hell they get. Mm -hmm. Um, And plus there is the, um, uh, they're trying to find a third team. I think, I don't think the Suns are interested in any of the buck stuff. So Mm -hmm. they've got to find like, who can we route, you know, the George Hill, Jordan war, Serge Ibaka, three second round picks to, they send a forward to Phoenix. Phoenix sends Crowder to mm. Milwaukee. So I, I think both of those things are going on, and that's why. But, I mean, the fact that the Suns gave the Bucks and only the Bucks permission to meet with Crowder, and they did, presumably, to talk about an extension or a role on the team, I, I just seem like – it just seems like that's going to happen. It's just a matter of what exactly ends up going to Phoenix and what third or however many teams are involved. Maybe it's Maybe it's directly part of the trade where – you know, someone on the Raptors or John Collins or whoever 
goes to Phoenix even. So I just think there's so many moving parts for the Suns that they're kind of like, yeah, we'll send Crowder to the Bucks. The Bucks will send stuff somewhere. Let's figure out the other parts now. That's not sourced at all. That's just my read on what's happening with those teams. And there's just, like I said, so much seems like going on in Phoenix right now. The Bucks are probably like, can you just trade us Jay Crowder already, please? Like, we're ready to have Jay Crowder on our team. Um, but I think the Suns are, are not quite there yet. I just imagine the new owner coming in like Ari from Entourage with yep. Jay Crowder. He's like, get the... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's his first move. Like, he just yeah. comes to the press conference. Like, Jay Crowder's out of here. Um, and the other thing is, like, with Cam Johnson being hurt all year, like, he could have just started this whole time and probably yep. been out sooner. Like, he yep. could have just... He would have just started. It would have been fine. Like, yep. I don't... He would have played a lot. I don't understand that one at all. Like, well, that now whole they're saying mess. it's an extension thing now. It's yeah. just like, I guess, but I, it's very it's very weird. Yeah. And usually I'd have more reservation about trading for a guy in this spot, but also, like... You need him, and you trust the Bucks yeah. culture, and, like, yeah. y'all want a title. Like, you... There's teams where you're like, just bring him in. It's like the heater yeah. in that conversation. Like, you're in that conversation where it's just... You just kind of trust your culture that you've built, that, like, yeah. he comes in, he slides in, he's fine. Um, 100%. I do think it's kind of weird that people are like he they they put him in the same zone as PJ Tucker, right? Where it's like, oh, he fills the PJ Tucker bullet, and I'm like, mm, kind of. PJ Tucker's a different kind of dude. PJ Tucker, yeah. I think Jay Crowder has more opportunities to hit more shots than PJ Tucker, 100%. yeah, which is more important. But I think the defense and just the tank mentality of PJ yeah. Tucker is still just something that cannot be replicated even by Jay Crowder, who's a who's a fine defender, but he's not PJ Tucker. I 100%. Also, the rebounding is a lot different. I mean, PJ's offensive rebounding. But it's like, I'm honestly, I'm really intrigued to see what the team looks like with Crowder, assuming they Mm -hmm. get him, because I think there's been a little bit of a shift to offense lately. I mean, Inglis has helped with that too, and just like less, more personnel that does stuff with the ball. And that's like Crowder, like PJ to Crowder is definitely a big shift of like, Mm -hmm. you know, PJ I think is better defensively, but Crowder, like Crowder scores like 10 points a game. Like you look at Mm -hmm. last playoffs, and this was a comp I was referencing a lot when the trade seemed like it would involve Grayson, which it no longer does. Like, I think PJ has sat out so long that the Bucks and other teams are like, we're not going to give you that much. We haven't mm-hmm. seen the guy play at all. Um, but, like, Crowder in the last postseason, I think, scored more per game than Grayson Allen, who's thought mm-hmm. of as, like, the offensive player. And he is a better shooter and probably a better fit with the Bucks. But, like, Crowder still scores. Like, he gets to the rim. He'll make a couple threes. I think he's an insanely streaky shooter. I'm not yeah. going to rely on him. But it is still like, whereas PJ would be like, I remember during the Nets series that like he was asked like, you know, is it disappointing to you? Like, do you think you need to score more? He's like, I'm guarding Kevin Durant. I should have to <laughs> score zero. And he mm-hmm. did score zero like five times in that playoff run. It just wasn't a priority for him. Yeah. Which it worked. It was fine. It fit what the Bucks wanted to do. But that's not Jay Crowder. No. So it's just different. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. excited to see like what, what that also impact has on, on the rest of the Bucks. Maybe they're a little bit less of a slog. Like, they're fun to watch in the playoffs, but they're so, like, you know, we're going to score 95, you're going to score 90, or we're going to score mm. 110, you're going to score 101. Maybe they'll be a little more fast-paced. I'm not sure. We'll see. They are mm. they are still a, a big, a big strong team, even with Crowder. So uh, it'll be – I just can't – I'm excited for playoff Bucks, as you can tell. How about this? Um, stay or gone at the deadline. Here's your clairvoyant tie opportunity here i like this grayson allen is he on or off this team after the deadline i think he's on the team at this point pat Connaughton, definitely on the team people <laughs> the pat for crowder trade that was much i was like no absolutely not how many how many first would the suns throw in for that i'm not sure but the bucks are probably saying no it's too important i like it chris middleton on the team for sure 
Serge Ibaka. For sure off. Way, okay. like Number one most likely to be off. I think no matter what, if the, everything else falls through, they'll send him somewhere. Okay. Javon, Javon Carter. I think on. Okay. George Hill. Probably off. And this pains me. Second mm. year, they had to just they had to send him off for the, the contract. He'd get a ring this time at least, but it hurts me. He's played okay this year. His salary is just necessary to get Crowder or someone like that. Grayson Allen. Still on. Okay. Are you enjoying that? Do you enjoy the Grayson Allen experience? No, not really. <laughs> no. But I, I think um, if you asked me by the end of the offseason, I would probably I'd probably guess off, um, mm. especially – like, if they do get Crowder and extend him, it'd probably be a similar salary figure to Grayson. And then you have to see how both play. They'll have an Ingles decision. They'll be able to re-sign him at roughly the same or not if they want to. Um, it's going to be interesting. But I don't enjoy it. But I think, you know, he does what he does. It's fine. And there's the Grayson proponents will tell you he was asked to do too much against Boston. And I think that's true. He was asked to do too much. I don't know if I trust him to even do a little less. But I do think it's likely to look better than, like, okay, can you just stand in and start and give us some approximation of Chris? And he was like, no, I can't. <laughs> um, so I think if he's you know a couple layers lower on the totem pole, a couple levels lower, um, he'll look better and you know he can do what he does and he's fine. I don't think they have to trade him. I'm open to it, but you know I don't think they're like gonna press and like we need to get rid of this guy because he can help them. He can hit shots, space the floor, whatever. The Nassus. <laughs> always on, always on. If he's off the team, something's gone really. Unless he's he started a podcast now. Unless yeah. he's going full time media and he doesn't want the uh, the one point eight million every year. I think he's going to be on the team. What a good gig, man! He's got a great good. gig. It's he's good. Got a really good motivational gig. speaker, basically. Yeah. Um, has Drew Holiday taken the lead? Because what's interesting too, we were talking about all star stuff and how it's interesting. I think when you're a fan of a team and like listening to other folks nationally talk about your team and like who should be first team, like. Trey Young it's like he's not an all-star like if you ask me as someone who watches all these games like Trey Young's the third best player on the Hawks this year like mm. as of late like he's the third DeJounte and it's not even particularly close like DeJounte Murray's been the best player yeah and anyone who's like oh we're putting Trey in over DeJounte and you're my all-star team I'm like all right you haven't watched the Hawks at all this year like that's <laughs> uh, that's that's all I needed to know from you and then you look at AJ Griffin who is going to be a really really good player but he is so much fun best shot creator He's been really, really important in his minutes, and he saved some of the ha- the the games for the Hawks this year. Like he is a really good player, good defender. Very excited about AJ Griffin. Better player, more fun to play with. Wow. All that. Wow, um, better player than Trey Young this year. I he's like, so much hot. fun. Like AJ, like Trey. Oh my goodness! Like it's funny. Like I was I was back home in Atlanta for the weekend. Took my wife to her first Hawks game and nice. uh it was fun uh Kawhi Leonard uh hurt my feelings uh late in that <laughs> he'll game do that. But, he will yeah, he'll, do that Speaking he will do that yeah. but you know what I was just happy that I got to see Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and yeah. this whole group healthy because like yeah. you just don't know anymore like when you're gonna see guys on uh because uh, you plan these trips out and you're like I hope he's not missing this right. game and I was just glad that he was there um but it was one of those where I was like, AJ's here's the crossover. Like here's AJ. Like he's, he finds his spots. He's just, he doesn't play like a rookie at all. And then Trey will get frustrated. Cause like Trey, if DeJounte takes the ball up two times in a row and does stuff, then Trey's like, all right, it's my turn. And then I'm going to do something yeah. stupid. And he had a bunch of turnovers and he just gets lost on every defensive possession. Like every, you watch Trey. I would highly encourage people just watch Trey young on defense, like for a full game. If you haven't watched the Hawks, just watch Trey on defense fast forward the offense stuff just watch what happens on defense with trey young it's just 
he can't. Like he's smaller and he's just never in the right spot. He gets killed on backdoor cuts all the time. It just gets killed in ball screens. Like he's just not. And then DeJounte's over here like a pterodactyl all the time. <laughs> like just swiping everything. And he's just he's great. Like I love the DeJounte Murray experience, but the Trey Young experience has not been great at yeah. all this year. Um all that to say, Drew Holiday, it mm. seems like around the league of people who may you would not have guessed would be like, hey, Drew Holiday, absolute all-star this year. Because he's just never felt like that. It's like everyone's like, he's a good player. Like everybody wants a Drew Holiday on their team. He entered like, the Conley zone. That's where yeah. it's been at lately. Yeah. But is he an all-star to you? Has he actually gotten better in some areas this year that has it, that it comes as no surprise to you and Bucks fans that he's getting more love nationally as an all-star? I, I think the reason... I, I, I think he's a little better, but I think he's just been so good and just mm-hmm. largely underappreciated. I mean, if you ask any Bucks fan who watches the team a lot, last year when the All Stars were announced, and we heard the last one of the last ones was Milwaukee Bucks, and we're like, "Oh, good, Drew got it, he deserves mm-hmm. it." And then Chris Middleton, and we were like, "Oh, um, mm-hmm. it's great. We like to see Chris get his third All Star. I think that's terrific." It Drew was better last mm-hmm. year for sure, last regular season, um, and I think this year the reason he's getting more buzz and. I keep seeing two Knicks on and one Buck, and I'm like, doesn't sit right with me. Mm-hmm. Does not sit right with me. You watch Drew play the quote-unquote alls, and I think Jalen Brunson's good. I'm not. I'm not doing the. I think Jalen Brunson's good. I don't want to take anything away from him. Mm. Watch Drew Holiday. Actually, Jalen got the better of him in one of the games. But you watch mm. Drew Holiday play these other all-star players, and he he usually has the better night out of the all-star guard he's going up against. Jalen Brunson did get him in one, at least one of those games, but mm-hmm. you know other guys, Trey Young for sure, the Cavs, the Cavs. All-star guards. I mean, Donovan is going to do stuff to everyone, but when the Cavs, when the Bucks have beat the Cavs, it's in large part because Drew is like taking turns putting those guys into a locker. And I think the appreciation has been there because Chris has been out and Giannis missed some games, and mm. he's had to do a lot more when he's been healthy. I think he missed like 11 games this season or 10 games, hmm. um, and those were rough. But he's had to score more. He's had to facilitate more, um, and he's shot the ball really well, which he does on and off as a Buck, mostly on. His step back is so good, and he's just had some of those big moments that are like all-star moments. Like the four games Giannis missed, they lose two in Miami, and then they have a back-to-back against the Pacers, and I forget who the other team was, Mm. and maybe the Raptors. And Drew willed them to win in both fourth quarters. Like he just took over, and he's like, we're going to win these games. And it was it's important. Like those kind of wins, like two wins without Giannis, without Chris, everyone else – that matters a lot, and without Ingles for one of them, because he's not playing back-to-backs right now. Mm. And there's a lot of there's been a significant amount of games this year where it was like Drew was the reason they were able to win that game, and his stats look better because of it. I think he's scoring more because he has to. His assist numbers are high, everything else. So, um, and what he does on defense. So I think the hope is, and we'll find out tonight from when we're recording. The hope is the coaches appreciate that and his defense enough to give him one of the last spots because I do think he's been deserving. Um, I, I would have argued Brooke earlier in the season. The shot has fallen off, fallen off a little bit. He'll probably be on an all-defense team again, if yeah. not DPOY. Um, I'll, I'll be happy enough with Drew, but I do think I would like to see Drew make it. Yeah, it feels like that ship is sailed, Brooke. Brooke's like yeah. the—he's not what you want in an all-star game. Like yeah. he's yeah. just fine, but he's like, yeah, he's an all-star. He's an important linchpin to a team that can win the title. But it's like yeah. we, no one wants to see the the drop coverage stuff he's, from Brooke Lopez in the in the all-star game. I I think Brooke would shoot like twenty threes if they let him play in the all-star. To, to be oh, clear, yeah. his numbers like, are up. I, I think he would have fun with it, and he'd be yeah. fun to watch. But you know, I get that. You know, if one of the Knicks then goes he comes over back Brooke, the next game fun. after the all-star game, and he's just firing up, and you're like, no, Brooke, no, <laughs> no, not, no, that's <laughs> not, not what you're doing. Anymore. 
anymore. We're not in that anymore. No. Um, I like it. Uh, we'll end on this. The lineup that you trust the most to get mm. Milwaukee back to the finals this year is what? What do you think? And let's go ahead and assume Jay Crowder is in this deal. Like you think he's a he's a buck. And based on where the guys you have and the guys you expect to have, what is the lineup that you trust the most to guide this team back to the finals? I'm going to be boring because I okay. think there's some really fun ones with, with Ingles who I, I still do think the lineups that have all of Chris, Drew, Ingles around Giannis are going to be some of the most fun lineups for the Bucs. Because... So you think Ingles could close? For no, I don't. No, okay. no, I don't. I think that would be a fun lineup to pick, and I'm excited to see more of it, but I'm not picking it. And mm-hmm. then, of course, the super switchy with Crowder going small, I think, is, yeah. is really fun, too. But I'm going to go with the bread and butter tried and true. Drew, Pat, Chris, Giannis, Brooke. And I think that's mm. the guys that have been there before, the guys they trust, you know, five of the six probably most important players in 2021 when they won it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think they just trust those guys the most. I don't know how often that lineup will close. I do know, like, although he's not a by default starter, I do think Pat Condon has a good chance to close a lot of games just because hmm. he does everything at least well. Right? He's like a player who doesn't have a glaring weakness anywhere. Um, depends on the matchup. Sometimes they might want to go more defense over him. It wouldn't surprise me if Crowder got there. Hmm. Um, but I think Condon's versatility becoming a really elite, like, fast catch-and-shoot three-point shooter, like, the ball doesn't go down. He catches it and it just goes straight up. There's a lot of value in how he shoots. Uh, and they just trust him, and he's been there for so long. So I think it'll, it's those five. But I'm really excited to see, you know, mm. what is, you know, Ingles in there and go small with Giannis. Or they can do Portis to not go as small. They'll be able to do Crowder and be more switchable. Like, the whole thing is they'll have a lot of options, hopefully. And that in itself is pretty exciting because you look at when they won it, you know, Bobby doesn't play against the Nets. Brooke doesn't play that much against the Suns. Like Giannis didn't play against the Hawks, not because of matchup, because he got hurt. Mm. Um, and they had to go different modes, and they were able to. So I think that's important for them that they'll have a couple of switches that, you know, they're not going to be like the most tactical team like Nick Nurse throwing out 50 different coverages. But being able to have different modes is big for them. So I think it, it'll be important that they have multiple. But I'll go with the guys who have been here the longest as like the, the one I really trust the most to get it done. I lied. I have one more thing. Yeah. One through three. Healthy Durant implied here. Most, you don't want to play the most. Who stands in the way the most of the Bucks winning uh, the East again versus least afraid. Healthy Sixers. Healthy Nets. Healthy Celtics. One through three. How would Celt- you rate? Celtics, Nets, Sixers. Okay. Would, would not, I mean, I, I, want, I want them to beat the Celtics. It's not like I mm. don't want to see that series, but I think that the Celtics... I still think their highest gear is is the most damaging. Mm. I think the Nets more than the Sixers. I I kind of like the way the Bucks match up with the Sixers, and I don't mm. trust Harden in the playoffs still. Which you could say that's like a narrative take. I can say we've seen it happen mm. enough times where it's not just a narrative anymore. And the Bucks are just so damn big that I think mm. Embiid can play well against them and has had great games against them, but. You know, Brooke and Giannis as the back line is probably one of the best options in the league to go up against him. So I, I don't I don't hate going up against the Sixers. I'm not as afraid of them. But I think the Nets, just because of Katie and Kyrie at their very best, can just be hard to keep up with. And Claxton's leap factors mm-hmm. in pretty big there. I still think the Bucks would beat them, but I think at their absolute apex, they threaten me a little more just because I've seen Katie in a seven game series. And it's like Jesus, man. I don't know how you. St- I don't. I still don't know how the Bucks did it, to be honest. But the the the, the Celtics just have another level as a team. 
Um, mm. And I've just got to put them first because they're the ones who've done it most recently. There you go. Ty, this was great. I appreciate you making the time this afternoon. What can the good folks check out from you over at GSPN and uh, the post Aaron Rodgers coverage with your Packers stuff? You got Kristen Yelich getting ready to get traded by the Brewers because y'all are going to go even cheaper. We're getting Kristen Yelich starting left fielder for the Atlanta Braves come July. Kristen Yelich, like uh, it's a good time. Do you have any more Contreras to send over? Maybe we can. No, talk we are done we with could, the. That, we, we could save mm. a lot of money. I mean, that's you know, he's going to be good for y'all. I think that. he's. Uh, I think he'll I, be a star I, in Milwaukee. I hope so. You mean Contreras or Yelich? Oh, could, the Yelich is over. Like the health in yeah, his head. Like, yeah. but I would love good Yelich. lead off hitter now. Good lead off hitter now. He's embraced it. Yeah. to him. That's a difficult transition. Um, we have even better better baseball talkers and certainly better at football talkers than me. Hopefully the post-Rogers era, if you ask our, our guys on Talk of the Yeah, because you're like but, a Saints guy, right? Yeah, uh, I'm like I'm kind of in between now. Okay. The Saints are kind of losing me. to be. I'm not, mm. I do the coverage now for the pod, and it's, yeah. it's the regional team. And the Saints, it's like I'm not going to go out of my way to watch Dennis Allen coach Andy Dalton. And then to go Aiden. I understand. I, they're not it's also the Saints. To... Like you could be a Falcons fan. Like I can go get you some Falcons stuff. I'll sh- ship it up your way. You'll love it. Some things, some things haven't faded from the Saints. But you can well, check hold on. out. All there of our was pods. one. Who was the last uh, player to go up into Lam- or who was the first player to go up into Lambo and win a playoff game? Ever. Ever. I couldn't tell you. Michael Vick. Oh really? Yeah. Falcons in Lambo. Wow. I did not be know Brett that. Brett Favre. That that part I can believe. That was a that was a fun night. I, Brett, I still remember where I was watching my family. It was fun, fun time. Brett, Brett just closing his eyes and whipping it, and somehow won won a Super Bowl, three straight MVPs or whatever it was, mm-hmm. in a career. Um, but GSPN dot info mm-hmm. you can find. We have Bucks pods, Brewers, Packers. Uh, make time for this, which is like TV, films, and just other stuff. So a lot of great content, um, and appreciate anyone who, who checks it out. And, and Are you appreciate on that one? you. Uh, not as much. I'm okay. hoping when Succession comes back. I haven't been able to. Oh, can't wait. Also, yeah. did they not say like when it was coming? Is it March? Is there a date? March. It's early, okay. early March. Yeah, we're like a month out now. It's coming up. Thankfully. So you got Succession. You got Yellow Jackets, which is my jam. Like Yellow Jackets is my mm. favorite show right now. I, I don't, don't know if you've watched it. that. No. Dude, Yellow Jackets is a banger. Yellow Jackets okay. is a banger on Showtime. Um, my favorite show. If you like Lost, did you watch Lost? No. Mm. see i'm just not i'm not in the loop on tv i feel like I, i'm okay. like succession the the bear i really liked but it's like i pick and choose the bear's like, pretty good yeah the bear's pretty you kind of look like uh the guy from the bear i'll take that as a compliment yeah it's a compliment you can yeah. you just said that and i'm like uh, you do kind of look like him that's funny i won't try to do the voice i'm midwestern but it's a mm. very different midwestern i, I would i don't want to i can't do the chicago voice I can't do it either. I, I grew up like in the South and Atlanta. It's funny. Like I don't have any Southern accent whatsoever, but um, my grandmother, my late grandmother had like this beautiful, like slow Southern, which I always oh. envied, like slow Southern, like classy, slow Southern is it's like, they're talking in cursive where yeah. I'm coming down the and you're just like, Whoa. That's a, like, it's, a, it's a it's a beautiful thing but like my voice i just i have kansas i remember taking the quiz and it was like you have a kansas oh. accent and i'm like what is that how do i get a kansas accent how does that happen it probably works for what, podcasting and everything though yeah i wonder what my, i gotta take this quiz i don't yeah. know i don't know if i sound like i'm from wisconsin or not probably depends what i'm saying yeah there might be like little ticks like well, little yeah. things that you just it comes out and you're and someone's like oh clearly wisconsin like yeah we, yeah, big cheese head. Um, <laughs> there you go. Ty, thank you so much. Uh, always a pleasure, and I'll have to talk to you again soon. Looking forward to it, Chase. Thanks again. 
This is Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, mm-hmm. you're, um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah.